Alright, the Elimination Chambers are next stop on the road to WrestleMania. The battle lines have been drawn and things are starting to shape up. We have Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, The Fiend versus John Cena, and the IWC versus WWE, an exploding death cage match. I'm Curse Heat Matthews, and he's Garrett G. Money Mun, and this is episode 32 of the Freshly Squeezed WrestleGeddon Oh, Podcast. yeah! New WCW What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is it my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Alright, so uh a lot of spelling mistakes in that intro that I just noticed. And yeah, but, some, you, but, you know, some stuff out, but so. you know what? You spelled my name right for once. You know, usually you leave off a T, but guess what? You've spelled it right for once. I'm so thrilled. Ah, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pod with two Ds. Twitter at Pod with one D because we all know Twitter can't handle two Ds. Also like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash WrestleGeddonPod to stay up to date on all the happenings with the show and any new episodes and all that fun stuff. And make sure you subscribe to whatever platform it is that you are listening to our wonderful voices on each and every week as we invade your ear holes with some awesome wrestling stuff. No cowboy shit, just wrestling stuff. Uh, uh, Yeah. So if you got any questions, comments, concerns, Hate mail, um, you can send them to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Generally, if you send any hate mail, we will just probably send you a gif of someone giving you the middle finger. Um, we might even send you a picture of MJF, flip, MJF flipping off a child. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we roll that. here. So, we got a lot of wrestling. We got a lot to talk about. So much stuff. I hope you guys made some uh, time to listen to this episode. It might be longer than usual, but, you know. A lot of cool stuff going on. Dude. A lot we got, of stuff. What's Women's History Month? Women's so we History Month. we got a, a profile on that a little later on. Uh, we've got a lot of news. Figure news. Regular news. Actually, not a lot of regular news. and Not really a lot of figure news either. But, I mean, there, there's some news. But we've got... AEW Revolution results. We've got previews for Elimination Chamber, previews and picks for that. Um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Um, we talked about Super Showdown last week. We don't really have to go over that again, thankfully. And we had a big champion uh, lose in, was it Ring of Honor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll I talk about that too. Had that in my notes. I kind of took it out. When, um, we'll discuss it anyway. We will discuss it. We'll touch on that. All right. So let's jump into the news. Hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing 1-900-45-4-Hulk. Well, apparently after Super Showdown, um, of course, we all know that the IWC and fans in general, especially across the Twitterverse, 
we're all a little PO'd of the results of The Fiend versus Goldberg. Um, one fan in particular, um, Home Alone star Macaulay Culkin, um, tweeted that he has canceled his plans for WrestleMania. Macaulay Culkin. It's not Macaulay Culkin. this year, all because... Goldberg I mean, beat the Fiend. I'll be quite honest with you. I've read some things that say that they they may cancel it over this uh, the coronavirus. The coronavirus. I mean, you think of all the people from different nationalities, different countries that come to WrestleMania that could infect the universe. Hey, all I'm saying is it's it's just like going to Comic Cons. If you can afford a ticket, you can afford soap. Yep. So wash your hands. Just wash your hands. That's all you gotta do. Wash your hands. Yeah, don't uh, don't think that uh, the universal solvent for your unwashed hands is hand sanitizer because it ain't. And you ain't gonna be able to find hand sanitizer anywhere anyway because just about every store is sold out of it. Because y'all people are freaks. Yeah, so, stop <laughs> coming in and asking me. I'm tired of shit, bastards. You know we don't have it. <laughs> so Macaulay Culkin is just one of the few voices that have voiced their um, disdain for Goldberg defeating the Fiend. Uh, we talked a little bit about last week. We'll revisit that. Um, pretty much your biggest reasoning, we don't know how long they've had this planned. Like, it could have been, like, the week of. It could have been months before. We don't, Generally, we don't know how how long in advance WWE generally runs their storylines. Generally, it's a month, and, you know, plans change, and, you know, last-minute type of thing. But in all honesty, would you rather see... Roman Reigns defeat The Fiend or defeat Goldberg at WrestleMania? Goldberg, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So that means The Fiend has to lose. So, which everyone's all up in arms. Which the Fiend didn't need the title to begin with. The Fiend like, it never made any sense for his character to have a title. And you're all missing the negative, like the huge plus on this. We don't have to look at that stupid custom Fiend title belt anymore. Yep. And we get to see somebody beat the shit out of John Cena. That's the dream. Yes. Which apparently, to get a match with John Cena at WrestleMania, you just have to show up behind him and point at the WrestleMania sign. That's it. I don't understand that segment at all because generally, I mean, we're we'll talk we'll talk about it later. I'm not going to get into it now, but we'll we'll talk about it later when we do our SmackDown rundown. Um, Let's move on to. uh, Viceland had revealed episodes for season two of their Dark Side of the Ring documentary, uh, which will actually be returning later this month on the 24th. This I'm excited about. All 10 episodes have been announced. Um, we're getting a two-hour season premiere, which will feature the Benoit tragedy. Um, we've got episodes on the Brawl for All, Dino Bravo, New Jack, which is probably going to talk about how New Jack almost killed a guy, uh, Herb Abrams, Owen Hart, Jimmy Snuka, The Road Warriors, and David Schultz. So I can tell you right now about half of these I'm really looking forward to, which would be The Brawl for All, The Benoit Tragedy, New Jack, Owen Hart, Jimmy Snuka, and The Road Warriors. Probably a little more than half then. But if it's anything like the first season, freaking amazing. If you haven't watched any of the first season, I highly recommend that you hunt it down. Check it out. You can usually find it on um, Vice's YouTube channel. That's how I watch the majority of it. But, uh, yeah. Good stuff. So, your thoughts? Vice Land. Yeah, I mean, they're going over a lot of stuff, I think, you know, especially, like, 
the newer generation doesn't even know about because they don't know a lot of the stuff that happened in the, as I would say, old school wrestling, I guess. So it definitely be interesting for some of the younger people to watch it to kind of get the takes of people on the stuff that they really don't know much about. So I think it'd be cool. The one big thing, too, is how they're going to handle the Benoit. Yeah, that'll be a little... Are they going to go for it as, like, you know, the straight murder-suicide? Are they going to cover, like, some of the conspiracy stuff? They'll probably do a little everything, especially it being two hours. He's like, if y'all don't know, there's um quite a bit of uh, conspiracy theories. The one big one, actually, which was uh, produced by Chavo, um, talking about how he was actually on the phone with Benoit prior to... Um, what happened, and it sounded like, you know, Chavo had said that Benoit hung out on the phone with him because someone was at the door. And then, I guess, um, Benoit forgot to hang up the phone or something, and Chavo said he heard some struggling and things like that, and I don't know what, what transpired from there. But, so, I'm really interested to see where they go for that. Uh, let's see. We've got some Hall of Fame news. JBL. This is the latest inductee, um, which happened on backstage. Was it backstage? Yeah, backstage. It was announced as a new inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. So are they just trying to make the worst Hall of Fame entrance of all time? Is that what they're trying to do? Yeah, well, I mean. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I personally don't like JBL. But personal feelings aside, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He was probably still is the longest reigning world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. WWE champion. WWE champion. So. In SmackDown history, yes. Long as reigning. Uh, which, Punk had taken that out. <laughs> Got you. But, um, and I think someone else took it from Punk. can't remember. It was probably Brock. Yeah, probably. Um, I, if you look where how JBL started as a Justin Hawk Bradshaw, then, you know, got thrown into the like the new Blackjacks and then the APA, which really his career really took off from there, from the accolades into the APA. Um, and transitioning from, you know, the beer swelling, car playing, I'll beat people up for money type character to becoming, you know, the the multi million dollar I'm better than you Texas millionaire character that really put him over the top. And then the commentator, which I enjoyed JBL on commentary. I know most people didn't, but um, I did not. But JBL was a great heel, especially during his run as WWE champion. Um, like his whole thing with the cabinet, with the Bashams and Orlando Jordan. He had a pretty good career. And he one of those few guys that actually had longevity and was able to rework his character into something that would stick and work. Um, especially from the APA, from acolytes to the APA to the to the uh, JBL type character that he ended his career with. Uh, let's see some more WWE news. Jeff Hardy has been medically cleared to return to action. So, where does Jeff go from here? Raw, uh, SmackDown. He should go to NXT. Uh, NXT would be ideal, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, no, no, not gonna happen. Sure, put be put in some feud with Dolph Ziggler or something. Yeah. Who the fuck hasn't wrestled Dolph Ziggler? Everybody wrestles Dolph. Every new talent 
everyone wrestles Dolph Ziggler at some point in their career. Yep. Which isn't a knock to Dolph Ziggler. It's actually a good thing. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, the other thing I can see, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up on SmackDown. Uh, probably. Like, there's really... Raw's pretty stacked roster-wise, you know, especially being like three hours. I kind of feel like Jeff would get lost in the shuffle. I don't, actually, I don't think he would get lost in the shuffle. Somebody else would get lost in the shuffle. They'd put Jeff on there to replace Ricochet. Ricochet is on Raw, but yeah, they could do that too. Ricochet is on Raw. Yeah. But I don't know what's going on with Ricochet because, you know, he lost to Riddick Moss. Yeah. And it was Fucking funny. nobody, well, Riddick we'll Moss. We'll talk about more of that on Raw, but I, I found that rather comical so. for more than one reason. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But so, you know what would be cool, though? And I mean, granted, they can't do it because, you know, WWE doesn't know how to do stuff. Could you imagine, like, a, a Willow-like Jeff Hardy come back and get in a feud with Bray? Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be fun, fun, fun. They couldn't handle that. Because the writers for WWE couldn't fucking handle... They couldn't handle the broken brilliance, so God forbid they'd handle that. All they had to do was let Matt Hardy do do what he does best with that and just let let him run with it. So hopefully with Hardy being a free agent and... More than likely AEW bound. We'll see some the return of the broken brilliance here over the next couple of weeks. The uh, is free the delete series, uh, which we actually talk about that too. So the new episode of free free the delete hit, and it ended pretty much with an SUV rolling up and uh, the bucks of the youth. bucks of youth rocking. Like are they trying to are they going to be there when, like Matt gets buried? Maybe like they're gonna they're gonna help bury him in the in the dirt like who knows but who knows that's pretty exciting like Matt like you're telling me about this how Matt like pretty much laid out like his whole thought process and his notes and everything and how much of a novel it actually is it's actually really interesting really cool like it was basically like a an uh kind of like a long like seven pages of all the episodes and like what he's kind of gone through all the episodes. So, like, you don't want to go back and watch it, just read it. Like, it's really, like, so involved and so much to it. Like, I was telling Chris, like, he could make a fucking book out of this and, like, I would read it and be interested. It's so, like, weird and outlandish and... Outlandish! Shut up. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, too. But, it's cool. Uh, definitely worth reading, looking at. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Really cool stuff. Awesome. So check that out. Of course, that's on uh, Matt Hardy's YouTube, um, which you can find anywhere that Matt Hardy's social media is at because he promotes it all the time. All the time. So, uh, yeah. So that's going to round out the news for this week. We're going to get into the figure news with the points of articulation. are dolls, and they're certainly not teddy bears. WCW Power Slam Wrestlers, figures and rings sold separately. All right, so um, before we jump into points of articulation, man, Carl, the MVP, Carl, um, told me we need some actual music in there, not just like some snippets from figure commercials. I was like, man, I just kind of put that in there because I didn't. That was kind of like a spur of the moment type thing, so uh, which will probably end up being this week too because I really haven't any time to work on anything. 
Um, but let's jump into Ringside Collectibles has unveiled its first AEW exclusive, and it's the a little bit of the bubbly Jericho. Um, of course, depicting the backstage segment after Jericho had won the title. Um, the figure will include the AEW title. So this, if you are worried about finding that store, that exclusive one one thousand Jericho just for that title, um, this is going to be your best bet to getting it. So pre-orders are up on Ringside Collectibles. Um, it's also going to come with the with the table, some food, and some bubbly. So it actually looks like a pretty awesome setup. Uh, it is $32.99. I do have intentions on pre-ordering this just because it's freaking awesome. And I, the way our Walmarts are, um, which is how, where the only place you're going to find of AEW Unrivaled series until 2021, it's hard as hell to find shit in our Walmarts because they barely stock anything. And when they do, it's all like leftover shit that nobody wants. So... If you want that AEW title, I suggest hitting up Ringside Collectibles and pre-ordering the little bit of the bubbly Jericho. So, Get you some of that bubbly. Bubbly. The bubbly. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got some uh, Legend Series 7 news or just Legend Series news in general. Uh, Steve from Mattel, which you can find him at Action Figure Attack on both Instagram and Twitter, um, has confirmed there will be two waves of Legends this year. Um, with the first wave hitting early this summer, and then uh, four additional waves next year. So it's pretty much one wave a quarter, it looks like. Um, at least for next year, anyway. Because it kind of doesn't make sense to have two waves this year if it's one a quarter, if one's coming out early summer, which, yeah, that'll be third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, so third quarter, then fourth quarter. Yeah, so it looks like it will be one per quarter this year, so... Um, Elite 75 is also popping up in Target and Walmart stores nationwide. Um, Billy Kay has been found in both stores. Again, for some reason, I don't know what's going on with us. Uh, but they, but if you are finding her at Target, she is coming as two per case. So we, looks like it's going to be a little bit easier to find. And hopefully they're going this route with the exclusives going forward. Um, it, it just makes more sense to do it that way. At least putting two in there instead of making it one per case. Because one, it was a pain in the ass to find uh, Cash Zono. <coughs> I have yet to see Peyton Royce anywhere. Never found Sensational Sherry. Still haven't found Gerald Briscoe, and I don't think I'm going to. So my Pat Patterson is going to be lonely on the shelf without Gerald Briscoe. I mean, it's just it's crazy how these exclusives work. And I get it. Like it being someone who works retail... I understand why, you know, stores want exclusives is to get us nerds into the store to look for those figures and possibly walk out with something else. You know, if we buy a soda and a candy bar at the check lanes as we're walking out the door, we added at least another $5 to that store's profit or sales for the day or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, looks like Elite 76 has also been pushed back to mid-May for pre-orders. Um, not really sure if this is due to the goings on with the uh, coronavirus or not. Uh, it could be a possibility because a lot of stuff has been delayed shipping, especially coming from China, um, which of course is where Mattel's major factory is. So that, that could be the possibility. So do not be surprised if some of your figure lines, um, 
like Marvel Legends, all that stuff, which are generally produced in China, um, are delayed due to that coronavirus. So, yeah, there'll definitely yeah. be some uh, d- 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 distribution issues going forward until we get this whole thing sorted out. So. Yeah, you know, they had to push my uh, anticipated movie back just because of this fucking coronavirus. So, it's okay. Push the movie back because of the coronavirus? Yeah, they pushed the new James Bond movie back to oh, yeah, November right. because of it. I was like... <sighs> Again, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Buy some soap. Fuckers. <laughs> Quit being nasty. And look, those medical masks, they're not really going to help you either. Because the way that these things actually work is it keeps you from getting other people sick. Not the other way around. There's actually, they don't have a filter that filters out germs coming in. It just keeps you from coughing on other people and getting germs all over people. That's it. (laughs) All right. And that's going to be it for our points of articulation news segment. Uh, Stay tuned for a brief word from our wonderful sponsor, uh, Bright Rose Events, Events in a Box, uh, where if you use code WrestleMe20, you can get 20% off your subscription. So check them out, and we will be back here in a few seconds. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone. That's www.cratejoy.com. Searching dates in a box. Alright, we are back, so let's get in the ring. So let's jump into some SmackDown. Didn't really have much for SmackDown on here. Um, The biggest thing, we had Roman Reigns confront Goldberg, which apparently we're getting Roman versus Goldberg at Mania, which we dropped the rumored Elimination Chamber match to determine who was facing the Universal Champion at Mania. With the reason being... Everyone knew Roman was going to win, so we just dropped the match and made Roman number one contender. Pretty funny, since we all know Shane is going to win, but we're still going to do that Elimination Chamber. Hmm. Which, unfortunately, is probably going to end up being the main event for that pay-per-view. Stupid. <laughs> oh, Lord. Which, it'll probably understand. get worse, because I'm sure Asuka won't be able to wrestle because of her injury. So, somehow mm. she won't wrestle. Yeah. Probably replace her with Kyrie or something. But, yeah. Uh, 
we touched a little bit on this in our news segment. Um, Cena and The Fiend pretty much set up for Mania by The Fiend pointing at, at the Mania sign and Cena giving him a head nod. Cena has been the only person that has come face-to-face with The Fiend has not acted afraid of The Fiend in any way, shape, or form. Then take a step back, didn't do nothing. I don't think Goldberg did either, though. Oh, Goldberg had a little bit. Like, uh, I guess. You say so. Like, just some of like Goldberg's reactions, like when he, um, the SmackDown before Super Showdown, when he speared the Fiend and the lights went out and the Fiend was gone. Like, he kind of had a little bit of a reaction, like, what the hell? Type thing. And same thing, you know, four spears and a, and a suplex at Super Showdown to defeat him. You know, still kind of, you know, the, like, what the hell type thing. And then, you know, basically the fiend, like, no selling and just disappearing again. But, you know, seeing that just in, like, nothing when, like, the fiend just appears behind you when you're just like, oh, shit. Mm. He's just like, what up? And hits him with a head nod. Oh. Then the other aspect of that, too, is... you know, Wait, wait. You know why he wasn't afraid? Because he knows the fiend can't see him. <laughs> so since since the fiend can't see him, he's got nothing to be afraid of. You know what I mean? I mean, he just feels his presence in the air. He just can't actually <laughs> see you. He's got nothing to worry about. The other side of that too is the fiend <laughs> has attacked everybody. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form, has attacked them either in the ring, backstage, whatever. Nothing with Cena. Yeah. So the fiend didn't touch Cena at all. Which I don't understand, like how what they're doing now with this character. I mean, granted, you know the match at Mania between Fiend and Cena is gonna be great because their match that they had a few years ago, WrestleMania, was fantastic. Just like the whole build of that match, like the promos and everything between Cena and Bray, was phenomenal. And I'm sure this is gonna be just as good, if not better, with the place that Bray Wyatt's in right now for this character. But yeah, yeah. And then we saw more poor old Otis. Yeah. He said, Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Which um, is funny. I didn't actually know that he was actually saying Tucker, but that's just how he says it. Really? Yeah. That's why it's like that. Because, <laughs> like, the you entire know, time... You know he was saying Tucker? <laughs> no, I didn't. Who <laughs> not? Apparently I'm an idiot. It's fine. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Which we did get announced the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. Um, which is Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, the Usos, The New Day, um, fucking Miz and Morrison, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think who it is, too. Oh, Rude and Ziggler. There you go. So, uh, apparently, the revi- Revival was supposed to be part of this match as well, but um, since they are not re-signing contracts with WWE, you can pretty much expect to not see them use any capacity until their contracts run out, and then they just you know destroy them like they did with poor Matt Hardy. Um, so they got replaced with Lucha House Party. Yay. Woohoo. Yay. So exciting. Yay. We don't give a shit about them, too. 
three, right. however many there are. So yeah, so that that's pretty much what came out of SmackDown. Again, nothing too great. Uh, coming up this week, it looks like we're getting three out of the four members of the NWO that are being inducted into the Hall of Fame on a moment of bliss. Uh, so we will see Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac, Six-Pac, Sean Waltman um, on Friday Night SmackDown. I'm still kind of pissed about that because there were so many members of the NWO. Eric Bischoff is not getting like any type of recognition for creating the NWO. Why isn't the Big Show being inducted in there of the NWO? He was a member before freaking X-Pac was. Just, I don't understand it. There's no Ted DiBiase. There's no freaking Rick Rude. Nothing like that being inducted into the NWO. It's stupid. <sighs> That's why I said shady ass Hall of Fame. And the thing with this too now, Xbox can be a two-time Hall of Famer. Of all people, X-Pac is a two-time Hall of Famer. Oh, why don't they just induct X-Factor in there, too, and then we can get them a three-time Hall of Famer. Yeah. And then just, you know, just do all those characters. And then just induct them as the one, two, three kid. There you go. Just induct all those characters. There we go. Yeah. Nothing against X-Pac. I actually like X-Pac, but it's just, there's so many other people that deserve that more than he does. I mean, shit. I said, we want to get the most rings out of somebody. We got to do it with the good father. The Good Father, the Godfather, Papa Shango, the Kama Mustafa, Kama Mustafa, inducting <laughs> oh, with the the Nation. <laughs> man, we can get this guy a bunch of rings. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so let's rock it over to Raw. Uh, Monday night we saw the biggest thing come out of Raw was the Street Profits, our new tag team champions, uh, defeating Rollins and Murphy. Uh, which Rollins and Murphy will get a rematch at Elimination Chamber which I thought we weren't doing rematches for titles anymore, but I guess that's out the window when you don't have anything else planned for a pay-per-view when you just had one the week prior. Uh, we saw Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot with Sarah Logan as special guest referee. Um, Liv actually picked up the win, and yeah. then Sarah Logan cleared house. Yeah. She was the last one standing. Uh, we saw Asuka take on Shayna. Uh, of course, Shayna picked up the win on that one. Kyrie's team. Oh, it'll be in Kyrie's name. That's right. Well, it's supposed to be Asuka. Yep. Um, I saw Mysterio and Umberto take on the team of Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, of course, Mysterio and Umberto picked up the win on that one. Uh, let's see. Before we get into the highlight Monday Night Raw, let's talk about the low light, um, which we kind of touched on a little bit in the news, too, which is Ricochet losing to Riddick Moss. So before I watched this match, I just the first thing that came to my mind was, so is everyone who's gonna get their ass handed to them by uh, Brock Lesnar just gonna get a title match the next night? Because remember, Rey Mysterio got his ass beat, U.S. Champion next night. I was like, man, you're gonna let Ricochet come out there win this shitty ass 24/7 title, <laughs> and then he lost. I was like, damn, lost clean too. There's no interference. Nothing. Clean loss to Riddick Moss on Monday Night Raw. Who gives a shit about Riddick Moss to begin with? Who asked to have Riddick Moss on Monday Night Raw? Well, remember, they don't take top talent from NXT, NXT anymore, anymore if they're yep. used on the show, so... But who wanted Riddick Moss? Nobody. 
just like, oh, they just like put a bunch of pictures up on the wall and throw a fucking dart, and it landed on Riddick Moss. <laughs> like, they haven't done anything with him and Mojo since he pinned, pretty much turned on Mojo and pinned him for the title. Like, you have that storyline right there, but instead you decide to put him in a match with Ricochet and have Ricochet lose cleanly to Riddick Moss. I don't know who Ricochet pissed off backstage, but I feel bad for Ricochet. I'm like, he's, this is literally where Drew McIntyre was last year. Yep. So, like, but who's to say that this won't change? Like, it's right now, it's like, oh, shit, we ain't got nothing to do with Ricochet. Let's just put him in a match with Riddick Moss and have Moss lose or have Moss beat him. So, yeah. And where's our truth been during this whole 24-7 title thing? Are they, like, transitioning him away from the 24-7 title? I don't know. Because... The 24-7 title sucks without R-Troop. It's very disappointing. Yeah. And without, like, you know, the 50 guys chasing after the 24-7 champion. But, I mean, honestly, you have to put Carmel on there. She helped make that, too. Yeah. So. Definitely. All right. So, that was the low light of Raw. The highlight. Beth Phoenix and the uh, medical update on Edge. Gets interrupted by Randy Orton. This became one of the best promos of the night. The best segment that we've had on Raw in a long-ass time. Um, I, There's not much I can say about this, but Beth took that RKO like a champ. Like She is one phenomenal superstar. And I really hope to see, see how this storyline plays out. Because this is built, built like superb. Like, I don't know if Creative has actually had their hands in this or if this is something like Orton and Edge have orchestrated and have been working through. But, like, whoever has been working on this, this this is gold. And this is probably going to be one of the highlights of this year's WrestleMania from the Orton versus Edge. Yep. So. I mean, I was even explaining to Chris when I, after I'd seen it that, like, in, like, a weird, like, demented way, like, in Orton's mind everything he says is true and it's like if you look at it from a perspective like it does make sense I mean granted you go about it the wrong way like you should never do it that way but like you kind of understand his point also like what he was like well I don't want Edge to get hurt I don't want to get injured like he cares but like you don't like take him out and end his career by beating the shit out of him that's not how you do that and the, like, the biggest thing, too, is, like, that whole time that Orton is talking, like, you see Beth is, like, on the verge of almost, like, breaking down in tears over how Orton's, you know, just saying, like, I, this is why I did this. This is why I did that. But the second he turns around and says, I love your family more than you do, and you see just that switch go off and Beth's face just, like, changed from, like, grieving wife and, like, terrified mother to... Glamazon, I'm gonna beat your ass, Beth Phoenix. And she gets that slap and then she gets that kick, and then, you know, like typical Orton fashion, you know, he springs up from that kick and hits the RKO. It's just, just amazing work from Beth Phoenix. And like, there's a reason why she's a Hall of Famer. I don't know, people were bitching because she went in too soon, but I mean, I may be biased because I'm a huge Beth Phoenix fan, always have been, always will be, but that. That just proves why she deserved that spot in there to begin with. 
Um, the other thing to come out of this, did you notice that uh, when they were doing like the whole like superstars and everything coming out to the ring, you had Hawkins and Ryder, Mysterio, Natty, um, Shane Helms hit the ring too. You know, he's a producer. But um, the biggest thing was Hawkins and Ryder out there. The next couple of weeks, if they don't use Hawkins and Ryder in this feud with Orton, with them getting like you know their big break as the Edge heads, you know when you know with that whole stable with Edge and everything with La Familia, they're definitely missing the boat with this. Like it could be something where you know they both confront him and you know he beats them both down or you know something like Ryder's like you know you and me in the ring this week or whatever. Like, why would you do that? You know, so, like what they've continued to do. But to have Orton destroy anyone that's ever come in contact with Edge or, you know, as in, that Edge has impacted their career in some way or another, mentor or whatever, would be a huge miss for them. And then we finally get Edge back, you know, like right before Mania to confront and, you know, take out Orton. So. I mean, you can put Christian in that story too. Absolutely. But I mean, Christian, like, what? Christian's injuries and stuff like he, I don't know if he can really take a bump unless it's one of those things where, you know, Edge finally gets you know cleared from the concerto shots and stuff like that, and you know Christian's in the ring, you know, confronting confronting Orton, and then all of a sudden Edge comes out and makes a save before Christian gets hit. But the other aspect of that too, that should have been something that they save with, save for Beth Phoenix. You know, Beth Edge comes out, hits the ring to you know save his wife. But I don't know. Ed, I'm interested to see where this is going because, like I said, this this has been one story arc that has been built up like fantastically, and I'm really looking forward to Mania specifically for this match. If anything, just this match. So that's Raw. Um, let's get into always highlight of the week, Tuesday night. One of the best nights of the week for wrestling, NWA Power. Yep, we don't have uh, Into the Fire to sing. We have, uh, have to listen to Pantera now. I mean, I like the Pantera song, but Into the Fire was just was a way better. Scold. Way better scold. intro for the show. Ah, uh, but we start off the show with a TV title match. Oh, so. God, have mercy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I will get Garrett on board with Outlandish Zicky Dice. It's going to take a while. Just like it did for me to get him on the uh, the train with Velveteen Dream. Well, so here's the difference, though. <laughs> here's the difference. Here's the major difference. Velveteen can wrestle. This guy has proven nothing to me that he can wrestle. This is, Zicky can wrestle. He just... Just his character, like he's a heel. He's like that. It has nothing to do with his. I mean, I don't like his character, but like, he can't fucking. Wrestle. And don't touch his fanny pack. I mean, who wants to touch that fucking fanny <laughs> fanny pack anyway? Looks like he bought it at fucking Spencer's. That's for like five dollars. Five below. Get it right. Or <laughs> <laughs> one of those Florida beach shops. I forgot. There's nothing at Spencer's for five dollars. Never mind. <laughs> But uh, Zicky Dice did defeat Ricky Starks uh, to become the new NWA TV champion. It was actually a pretty good match. Um, and Zicky went clean over Ricky Starks. Surprisingly, there's no no tight pull, no rope grab, nothing. Zicky went over clean. So, 
I'm kind of interested to see where they go from here. Does Ricky Starks get the rematch? Um, who's Zicky's next component or not component opponent? So like interested to see where they're going for that. Uh, tag team action. We had uh, Caleb Conley and C Dub Anderson um, take on the Dawsons in a last chance match. Um, basically, what this was was a match for Conley and C W Anderson to earn NWA contracts. Um, this essentially was their last chance if they lost and they were not getting contracts with NWA. Um, but they defeated the Dawson. So it looks like Conley and CW Anderson will be sticking around, which I'm, I'm cool with that. I love me some CW Anderson, Raleigh native. So, um, May Valentine is incredibly annoying. Yes. I meant to put that in there last week when she did when we had that stupid Valentine uh, blog. This is my diary. Like Sal is so great. Oh, He's man. like so great. He's like my best friend. Royce doesn't understand him, but I do. It's like all we're getting out of this is pretty much just the build for Royce versus Sal. That's all it's gonna be. And Royce is gonna destroy him. If for some reason then who knows, maybe May will turn on Royce and, you know, team herself up with Sal. I don't know, but she's incredibly annoying. Uh, we also had the NWA Tag Team Championships on the line as Eli Drake and James Storm defended against the Bouncers, um, who, of course, last week turned on um, Eddie Kingston, um, basically explained their actions this week by saying, you know, they go where the money's at and Pope's got the money. And that money got them an NWA tag team title shot. So, which sucks because I love the bouncers. And to see, like, it's kind of funny though that they're heel in NWA, but face in Ring of Honor. So it's just kind of kind of kind of weird for me. So but um yeah, but uh James and Eli Drake retained. The thing with that though, Eddie Eddie Kingston accompanied Drake and Storm to the ring. And, like, that entire match, if you watch him... He's staring at the he's Pope. He's staring down Pope like there's no tomorrow. So, um, I'm really hoping that this does lead to a match against Kingston and Pope at the Crockett Cup. I hope so. I really like, that's do. That's got to be where they're going with us. So. so, hopefully that's what we get. Um, so, we move on to the second best night of wrestling during the week. Wednesday night, uh, of course, the Wednesday Night Wars, we've got NXT and AEW Dynamite. Um, NXT, we had two cage matches. We had uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, and then uh, Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream. Uh, of course, we kicked off the show with Dakota Kai taking on Tegan Knox. That was a fantastic opener between both of them. That, I think that was actually much better than their um, uh, street fight or no DQ match that they had at the last... Uh, Take over, take over Portland. No. Um, Dakota kind of picking a win as uh, Raquel had pinned Tegan between the cage and the door. Yep, it was a weird finish. Not something I've seen in a cage match before. It was definitely interesting. Like someone like the size of Raquel Gonzalez, you know, pretty much just pinning poor Tegan Knox between the door and the cage. It's like a freaking Tegan sandwich. Not a good Tegan sandwich either. It's just it was a terrible Tegan sandwich. So, yeah. Um, we had actually had three 
No, it was two women's matches, like back-to-back mm-hmm. last night. Uh, Chelsea Green uh, took on Shotzi Blackheart for a spot in the number one contender ladder match at TakeOver Tampa. Um, uh, Chelsea Green actually did pick up the win all over Shotzi. I was really hoping to see Shotzi pick up the win, but Chelsea Green advances. I don't know how well Chelsea's going to fare in a ladder match, though. I don't think I've ever seen her in a ladder match. No. Yeah, well, she's got a uh, a good source in uh, Zack Ryder to get some tips from since, you know, he won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania in a ladder match. Which so. nobody saw coming. Oh, pop of the night, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was insane. I didn't see that coming. I was freaking out. Uh, let's see. Austin Theory over... Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, skipped um, Undisputed Era, uh, defeating uh, Birch and Orkin. Orkin. Damn, I'm just messing everything up today. Um, Theory and Scott was actually a pretty good match. Um, so was Era, Undisputed Era, taking on you know the one-two punch. And then uh, main event, Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. That was pretty awesome. It was indeed. So Dream sacrificed his win by throwing Roddy out of the cage to lock himself in there with NXT champion Adam Cole. Baby. And he just, he felt the team beat down Cole and Roderick. Kept Fish and O'Reilly out of the cage as well. Like they, Dream came out of that looking like a superstar. Like, he already is a superstar, but, I mean, he, like, huge superstar coming out of that match. So, hopefully, this is a setup for Adam Cole versus Dream at TakeOver Tampa, which could possibly lead to Velveteen finally winning the NXT Championship. Let's hope so. hope so, also. Uh, What else? Um, Yeah, so that's it. Um, AEW Dark. um, Well, AEW... Uh, Dark is on Tuesday night, but there's the match that they had on there was um, Britt Baker and um, Ford. I can't, I don't remember what the hell her first name is. Uh, taking out Riho and Takazaki. The only reason why I'm talking about this is because the end of this match saw Baker put Riho in the lockjaw, and Sakazami or Penelope Ford. That's that's what her first name was, Penelope. Um, Sakazaki's basically standing outside the ring screaming at Riho and Britt Baker instead of getting in the ring and breaking up the submission hole. But instead, she goes around the other side of the ring and starts beating up Penelope Ford again. That's why I don't watch AEW Dark. <laughs> so, I don't know what AEW's doing with their women's division, but it's, it's terrible. It is very terrible. This is the worst women's division in wrestling right now. And there's a lot of talent that's not being utilized. Like, they should be. Like, Sakura should have been, like, number one contender a long time ago. Um, it looks like now that we're going to start building up Big Swole to be a contender to Nyla Rose. Um, which hopefully it leads to Big Swole winning the title. Because I I can't get behind Nyla Rose as a character, as a wrestler. I just really don't care. No, Nothing against Nyla Rose. Not a knock on her. But uh, she me someone I can care about. So, 
build these people up. Like Sakura could be a good character to get behind. Um, like I said, Big Squall. If you get over like the the moose type entrance that she's got. But other than that, there's not really anybody out there besides Statlander and you squashed her. Yeah, squashed her at Revolution and like the biggest botch fest we've seen in AEW so far. But um. I did not put in anything for AEW this week. Lacking. But thankfully, we just watched our recap of it. So We did indeed. Uh, we had SCU and Colt Cabana take on the Dark Order. Uh, of course, Colt Cabana made his debut at Revolution um, during the buy-in, saving SCU from a Dark Order beatdown. So, very excited to see that Colt Cabana is all in. And I'm looking forward to more. Boom, boom. Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. Russell Gadden. Yeah. So, uh, what else we had? Jake Hagar taking on QT Marshall, um, which led to like this big beatdown thing. Um, which he's apparently Carlito since he likes apples. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had the probably the best promo in all of AEW uh, with uh, Jake oh, Roberts promo. Jake the Snake Roberts. Against Cody Rhodes. So apparently Jake has been has done so well for himself that he now has clients. Yes. Jake the Snake Roberts has clientele. So speculation. Who could be Jake the Snake Roberts' client? Well, I've only heard three names. Only three names that have been said. Only one of them honestly makes sense. And that's Brody Lee. But, if you must know, the other two are Lance Archer and Matt Hardy. See, it's funny because it's all three of these names that have, well, aside from Brody Lee, Lance Archer, actually, and Matt Hardy. Lance Archer is the only one that's officially been announced as signed with the NW, not with NWA, with uh, AEW. Um, Matt Hardy is still up in the air. Chances, like I said, chances are he's probably going to end up in AEW. Same thing with Brody Lee. Like they've had his eye, they've had their eye on him for a while now. Um, but I mean, Brody Lee's the only one that really makes sense. I can honestly, you know, since they started doing what they're doing, the Sean Spears looking for a tag team partner thing, I can see that end up being like Lance Archer. So Matt Hardy, it's going to come in as Broken Matt. Like there's, if they do anything other than Broken Matt Hardy, it's. It's not going to work. No. And there's no way Matt Hardy is the exalted one. It makes no sense whatsoever. So y'all stop throwing Matt Hardy out there as the exalted one. Dumbasses. Uh, see, main event we saw uh, John Moxley take on John Moxley and Darby Allen take on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Um, if Moxley was able to walk out of the arena on his own two feet. Jericho will be gone for 60 days. And that did not happen. <laughs> Moxley got the shit kicked out of it before the match. Yeah, Moxley, Moxley got jumped by the rest of the inner circle. Left, um, um, um goddamn Darby Allen. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> uh, yoga pant, 
tights. Uh, yoga pants, freaking like leggings. Leggings, tights. That's Daisy, what they are. Daisy Duke shorts. Tights. Yeah, yeah. Tights with these like fucking tight ass John Cena shorts. And, uh, you know, skating to the ring. You're always picking on goddamn Darby Allen. You know why I pick on Darby <laughs> Allen? You don't know why. Because he's easy to pick on. Because he wears his sister's clothes. Maybe tell him to, like, find, you know, clothes that fit him. Um, have an actual, like, sense of style to the ring. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you could do. You like wearing tights? Why don't you wear actual tights? Just take the George off. Find some actual wrestling tights was, to wear. It would was, look so much better. The thing with this, too, I get it. You're a skater, okay? I see skaters every day. None of them wearing little cut-off shorts and leggings. Uh, yep. I no. yeah, absolutely agree. They're rocking their vans and their freaking skinny jeans. You don't wear cut-off shorts and leggings. If you're going to do that, why don't you just wrestle in freaking skinny jeans? Be better than the leggings and the cut-off shorts. Fucking Darby Allen. Fucking Darby Allen. But you know who's awesome? The Spanish God. Sammy Guevara. He's awesome. Sammy's awesome. Especially when they have him on there during the break and he's got the cue cards. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, technically... Technically not. Moxley walked out on his own two feet. So Jericho is gone for 60 days. Um, Jericho would actually be going on tour with Fozzie, uh, making sporadic appearances here and there. So pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else we got. Let's get into... Actually, we just totally... We should have did the Revolution results before a fucking um, actual AEW show. But Yeah, whatever. Uh, there is... There are some highlights, lowlights. Um, pretty much Orange Cassidy versus Pac, um, MJF and Cody, Mox and Jericho, and Hangman and Omega taking on the Young Bucks were pretty much your biggest matches of the night. Um, Darby Allen versus Sammy wasn't that bad. It was actually it was pretty solid. Like, I mean, it's what you'd expect from Darby Allen, um, Jake Hager. Took on Dustin Rhodes. Of course, Jake went over Dustin. Um, we saw the Dark Order go over SCU in the buy-in. Um, now the Rose and Statlander, uh, like we said, was like a total botch fest. Like every other move they did got fucked up. Um, Nyla retained. Uh, MJF defeated Cody after using the ring. Uh, pretty much knocking Cody out with it. The best thing with this match, like the build-up for this, has been fantastic. Uh, the storytelling during the match was phenomenal between the two of them. I mean, I don't think that we are done by far between MJF and Cody, um, especially the what transpired on Wednesday night during Dynamite. So there's still more great action to look for between the two of them. Uh, sleeper match of the night is definitely Pac versus Orange Cassidy. If he thought he was going to leave his... If he wasn't going to try, he tried. He he tried. He tried. He didn't win, but he put on a phenomenal match. Hell of a match. Hell of a match. It was so good. I love his entrance video, though. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, it's low so, budget. It's so him. It's literally, like, Sharpie on a white piece of paper, and it just says Orange Cassidy. That's it. It's awesome. So... 
Um, and then of course, he's, then of course, Moxley is your new AD, AEW champion as he defeated Jericho. Uh, let's see. So that, that's pretty much all our weekly happenings. Um, apparently, Elimination Chamber is a Sunday, which I totally forgot that it was coming up this soon. I thought it was like another few weeks out, but yeah. They really can't. I mean, you think... Like, every fucking week. You gotta think. They have Elimination Chamber, and then four weeks, it's... WrestleMania. WrestleMania. So, they don't... They gotta have time to fucking prepare. That's the only break we get. That's the thing. Like, WB, I understand that you like doing pay-per-views, and, like, I enjoy the pay-per-views, but when you have no storytelling and no storylines and nothing makes sense, and you're rushing everything last minute... It really doesn't bring your audience in to want to watch it. See, I think the way AEW is running now with their events, like they could probably throw in like a couple more pay per views and maybe like do six six a year, like every other month have an event. Right now, they've they've done over the course of a year, they've done four events pretty much. So they had like all in, double or nothing, um, fighter fest, whatever. Revolution, then we've got fuck was a like blood something, blood and guts, blood and guts coming up. Um, after something, I don't know, whatever, what the fuck's going on, but like, so it's not a pay per view every single month. Where WWE, it's some months you get two, I think they've actually had three in a month just for the main roster. It's a little, it's a little much because you're not giving your storylines time to develop. You're not giving us reasons anymore to pretty much care as to why, why I care about the Miz and John Morrison winning the tag team titles or defending them against someone in an elimination chamber match. There's no real build. They've had the titles for a week. Same with the Street Profits. Like it'll be less than a week and they're defending the titles again. I mean, but it's one of those things. Like. You just eliminate like maybe two to three of these events and just take it back down. Even at one pay per view a month for the main roster is, is sufficient. So, not like every week. It's because they want to do all these so. fucking Saudi Arabia garbage shows for no reason. I mean, that's fine then. Just then to appease it. them. Then instead of making it a glorified house show, make it an actual pay per view event. Give us a storyline build. They watch the product every week too. Give us something like the. I will say what they did at Crown at um, Super Showdown by establishing story arcs for AJ Styles and Undertaker, um, Goldberg beating the Fiend, going into SmackDown, and then challenge and Reigns challenging Goldberg. Um, we actually had some pretty decent setups for future matches, and then we finally got the the conclusion to Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Fucking God. Which should have been in that last man standing match, but instead it was in a, in a steel cage. So, whatever. So, we're done. We shouldn't see Corbin and Reigns for a while. I'm but, sure they're wrestling each other this week. Oh, I'm sure they are. Because <laughs> we got to do everything to that. But, yeah. Just draw back a little bit on the events. Kind of give us some slower build. I'm a, I'm a fan old school, like the slow build. So, But, uh, let's jump into... The uh, preview here for Elimination Chamber. Um, we'll kick it off. Uh, no DQ match. Aleister Black versus AJ Styles. Uh, which is pretty much set up after Monday night. I'm a... 
a little torn between this one. Like, do you have Styles lose going into a WrestleMania program with The Undertaker? Well. Or do you have Aleister Black lose after this buildup that he's been running on? I say Aleister Black wins with interference from The Undertaker. Maybe not Undertaker being there, but some thing happening, maybe video package, maybe music music just hits. Distracts AJ. You know, I don't know. But that's what I see. But I can definitely see uh, Gallows and Anderson getting involved since it is an ODQ match. Oh, let's see what else we got. We got the uh, United States Championship on the line as Andrade defends against Umberto. Uh, pretty much picking up where they left off as, you know, Andrade, you know, his reason for the suspension. Um, Umberto pretty much jumped him and destroyed him um, after their last pay-per-view match for the U.S. title. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. Hopefully this evolves into that fatal four-way that's been heavily rumored for WrestleMania with uh, Angel Garza and Mysterio being added to the mix. But um, I see Andrade retaining over Umberto. Yeah, I do too. I don't, I mean, especially if they, they plan on doing this fatal four-way. Um, I think I don't, don't. I mean, I think they should do it. I think it'll be, bring the a big draw for it. And then, like, I don't, I don't see why you would go into it with Humberto as the as it because I think Andrade is the definitely the bigger of the honestly now I would say he's probably the bigger of the four. Yeah, I mean because Ray I don't feel like on par like he used to be. So Andrade is definitely the biggest talent in, of the four of them. I mean, no knock against like Humberto and Garza and or Ray, but I just that's just how I well, feel. Well, the biggest about it thing right with now. that too is like we just. <clears throat> We pretty much pulled Garza was pretty much pulled up to keep uh, Selena on TV while um, Andrade was out. So, like, we really haven't had any establishment with the main roster audience with Garza for him to be going into like a WrestleMania caliber match as a U.S. champion or as any type of main roster champion. Um, where if this was a takeover, it'd be the absolute opposite. Because Garza is an established name in NXT. So being a former Cruiserweight champion, like you can definitely see him going into a match for the North American Championship or you know, Cruiserweight title or whatever. But main roster, no. But um, I can see them doing the Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania with um, either Umberto or Mysterio picking up the win and coming out as U.S. champion. Um, but yeah, so Street Profits. Defending their newly won Raw Tag Team Champions Championships against Seth Rollins and Murphy, uh, which we alluded to earlier. Like apparently, there's it's not supposed to be any rematch clauses anymore, but apparently Rollins and Murphy are an exception. I mean, if we're gonna be completely honest, um, I mean, didn't Goldberg technically uh, have a rematch clause, and that's why he faced the Fiend? If we're gonna be honest. Because you know he Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. But uh the Street Profits are gonna win. There there's no reason to uh have them have the titles for a week. Yeah, definitely Street Profits picked up the win on that one. And that'll move us into our continuing feud with Rollins and Owens, which should be what we're getting for Mania, hopefully. Singles match between the two of them. Uh 
we've got the very confusing three-on-one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship with Braun Strowman taking on Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. Who the hell gets the title if anyone of Nakamura, Cesaro, and Zayn win? There was never any clear indication on what is going to happen with us. So, like, if Sami Zayn pinned Strowman, does that make Sami Zayn Intercontinental Champion? Or all three of them Intercontinental Champion? So, here's 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 all I hope. I hope that the match doesn't even happen. And Sheamus comes out there, and Sheamus and Cesaro refarm the bar and beat the shit out of all three of them. And then I can be happy again knowing <laughs> the bar back together. Ugh. Oh, man. I don't even know what the point of splitting those two up and then magically moving Cesaro back to SmackDown when he was drafted to Raw. Like, there's no explanation for that at all. He just was on Raw one night, and then all of a sudden he's on SmackDown, and he's paired up with Sami Zayn and Nakamura. It's like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. Maybe it's part of the uh, future plans they had in place when Brock decided to go to Raw. Maybe. Who knows? Um, we've got... So, yeah, Stroma. I think Stroma's going to retain in that one. So. Yeah. Uh, Elimination Chamber for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We've got the Miz and Morrison defending against the New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Um, unless the New Day or the Usos win in this, I really don't see any directive going here. So, but Miz and Morrison retaining. I'm going to go with the Usos. Go with the Usos? Go with the Usos because they're going to be in the Usos penitentiary. <laughs> and they go, what's mass? Well, both their asses. Yeah. <laughs> well, both their asses. Uh, so that's, yeah. It's one of two Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, final Elimination Chamber matches for number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Um, you have Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. If you think anyone but Shayna Baszler is winning this, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. You are, you are as delusional as this man that called in one time on the episodes claiming to be my uncle, my uncle Cletus, or whatever the fuck he was. Chester. Chester, that's Chester. Chester. Whoever the fuck he was. Your uncle Chester. Fucking uncle Chester. You, I don't have no fucking uncle Chester. He used to give you Zantac, apparently. Yeah. Fucking dope me up, I guess. Uh, fucking weirdo. And touch your naughty bits. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> or maybe touch his naughty bits. Who knows? Fucking weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. We talked about this with SmackDown with basically them getting rid of the men's elimination chamber match because everyone knew Roman was going to win. Why did we not do the same with this? Why are we still having this matchup when everybody knows that Shayna is going to win? There's been no buildup for any one of these other women in this matchup Against Becky Lynch at all. You had Shayna come out and literally and pretty much take a chunk out of Becky's neck like the night after TakeOver Portland. 
And that's pretty much all it's been. Like, the only other one that Shayna or Becky have had any interaction with at all during this build-up is Asuka. Yep. But... I mean, what it really comes down to is they didn't want to do two SmackDown Elimination Chambers. This is really all it comes down well, to. Well, that's fine. Then they could have did Elimination Chamber for the U.S. title or something. They they could have um, done a lot of other things, but they didn't. Well, there's really outside of those four for the U.S. For I mean, because that's, that's like my thing with it is like, who the fuck's wrestling Bailey at WrestleMania? There's no build for anybody. Exactly. Like, absolutely nobody. Everyone that she's faced so far, she's beaten. And, like, you ruin the chance she had with an actually good match with uh, Sasha because you just brought her back to pair her back up with her. So, like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, of course. It's going to be great. And, now, honestly, I think we're going to end up getting um, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. And it'll be on the pre-show, and no one will give a shit. Yep. Because there's 10,000 other matches that means more. We still got about, what, five, six weeks before Mania? So there could be a full-on chance where Sasha turns on Bailey. Maybe. uh, It could happen after an elimination chamber. Who knows? But it's just ridiculous. Like this whole um, the whole card for Elimination Chamber. Like there may be a couple good matches on here, and there may be some that actually turn out to be pretty good. I mean, Alistair Black and AJ Styles, you know, is going to be a good match because we've already seen it. Same thing on Andrade versus Umberto. It's something we've seen before, and but those two put on a really good match. Um, I have no doubt that the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match is going to be entertaining, um, with the likes of Ziggler and Rude. The New Day, the Usos, Miz and Morrison in this matchup. Hell, even Heavy Machinery and Lucha House Party can put on great matches. Um, the Women's Elimination Chamber may turn out to actually be pretty decent, but I don't have any high hopes for that. And unfortunately, um, that'll probably end up being the main event of the night, unless they announce something on SmackDown before we go into the pay-per-view on Sunday. Like, there's no Fiend. You're not getting Brock Lesnar or Goldberg on this show at all, defending any type of title. You won't see John Cena. The Roman Reigns isn't even listed on this card at all. So oh, I mean, oh, it's a plus right there. Yeah. That just made the show better. But as far as like your top level talent, where's Drew McIntyre? No Drew McIntyre on this at all. So I mean, granted, he's already got his match set for WrestleMania. Well, so we could have got him in some sort of matchup, but yeah, this has been a bill for a terrible pay-per-view and it's probably going to be a shit ass pay-per-view. And that's not something that you want as your event before WrestleMania, but that's what we're getting. So yeah, so that's going to round out our get in the ring segment. We are going to take a brief break with another word from one of our sponsors and we'll be back with um, our first rundown for Women's History Month this month. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. 
The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and we are back. Um, Of course, this month we celebrate Women's History Month. Um, Same thing as we did last month for Black History Month. Um, Each week, um, one of us will pick a women's superstar, past, present, um, and pretty much give a rundown, retrospective of their career and contributions to the industry. Um, I get to go first again. This is Garrett, rounded out Black History Month. Um, my pick for the first one for Women's History Month is the legendary Mildred Burke. So, um, Mildred Burke's heyday lasted from the 1930s to the mid-1950s. Um, she held the NWA World Women's Championship for almost 20 years. 20 years she held this title. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that. Uh, she started out in 1935, uh, wrestling men at carnivals. She was also a charter member of the WWE Hall of Fame's Legacy Wing and a member of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Yes, Dave Meltzer actually put her in the Hall of Fame. Amazing. Uh, prior to wrestling, she was an office stenographer, 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 stenographer. There we go. Sometimes I have trouble reading words. <laughs> um, by day. Uh, she was a stenographer by day. Um, she had an outstanding muscle development and was hoping to become a professional wrestler. Uh, she was actually trained by her before then um, husband. So actually her, she met her husband at training to become a professional wrestler. Uh, throughout the 1930s, she wrestled 200 men and was only defeated by one. So pretty impressive record there for Mildred Burke. Um Honestly, Burke, she faced many obstacles as women were barred from yearly NWA conferences, uh, basically like their yearly meetings and things like that. Um, this really put a damper on the importance of the women in professional wrestling. Uh, one example of the discrimination faced was evident during the dispute with her ex-husband. Uh, Burke sat in the lobby of the Blackstone Hotel in Chicago as the male dignitaries argued behind closed doors about her future. So Burke had no say in her future in the NWA. It was pretty much put in the hands of her ex-husband. She pretty much refused to wrestle for Wolf after that. Uh, NWA declined to recognize women's wrestling after the meeting. Uh, Then eventually she got let back in. Uh, She wrestled Wolf's daughter-in-law. Uh, there was pretty much some genuine heat between the two of them, obviously, because it was his daughter-in-law. Uh, let's see. Match took place on April 20th, 1954 in Atlanta. Grudge match that quickly became a shoot fight due to the genuine hatred between the two women. Uh, Burke later admitted that she had given up the given up the legitimate first fall with the intention of competing stronger in the second. 
Second fall never had to finish. Officials called the match. Burke left the ring believing that she um, was still the NWA title because she never lost. Um, the result was that many in the press stated that uh, Byers, who was Burke's opponent in that match, had defeated Burke and pretty much diminished the importance of Burke's championship. Yeah. Uh, 1950s, early 50s, Burke started the World Women's Wrestling Association of Los Angeles, uh, which also had offices in New York City, San Francisco, and Sydney, Australia. Uh, returned to her promotion after her match with Byers, still recognizing herself as the World Women's Champion, NWA World Women's Champion, even after the NWA has recognized, had recognized June Byers as champion uh, since then and continued to defend it. Uh, she vacated the title in 1956 when she retired from professional wrestling. Uh, 1970, the title was revived by All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling um, as their top prize. Uh, Burke introduced women's wrestling in several countries, including almost every state of the United States, Canada, Japan, Mexico, and even Cuba, where she retired in 1956. Um, All Japan Women's Wrestling bought the legal rights to the WWWA World Championship and later created the WWWA World Tag Team Championships in 1971 and the All-Pacific Championship in 1977. Uh, later years, Burke ran a women's wrestling school in Sino, California. Among her students was Canadian Rhonda Singh, who went on to fame as the WWWA World Champion, uh, Monster Ripper, and former WWF Women's Champion, Bertha Faye. Um, her championship accomplishments, of course, were the NWA World's Women's Champion, uh, World's Women's Championship three times, uh, women's World Lightweight Championship two times, the NWA Women's Champion one time. Uh, she was in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class 2002, uh, World Women's Wrestling Association World Heavyweight Champion one time. So Mildred Burke actually had a lot of accomplishments. Learned a lot about her. Didn't know that much about her going into it, but um, she she definitely was a true trailblazer and pioneer for women's wrestling throughout many parts of the world. So, so that's uh, our uh, women's history profile this week. So, so it was a little long-winded, but she did a lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff from Mildred Burke. Lots of stuff. All right, so let's get into Push Fire Berry. Um, continuing with our theme from last week where we actually did uh, Factions. Um, which are mostly, which are all actually current day factions. Uh, this week we're going to do legendary factions. So basically it's the same thing. We just pick three members of that faction and we decide who's going to get pushed, who gets fired, and who gets buried. So uh, G Money is going to fire up the Random Tron 5000. It's actually his turn to go first this week. So first last week. I thought I went first last week. I uh, went first last week. You say so. I think you say that every episode, even though no. you're a lying ass motherfucker. Nope. I'm scared. Some <laughs> of these some of these ones I might get, I don't know that I know all the members of these and gosh forbid, uh Man, can I just fire them all? Fire <laughs> the entire NWO. <laughs> uh G Money got NWO, so 
His fireman. You can pick one of the sixty members, three of the sixty members in the NWO. So, <laughs> uh, can I push Macho Man? Macho Man was in the NWO, right? Yes. I can push Macho Man and just fire the rest. I don't need to bury nobody. Fucking fire them all. You can bury Virgil. Oh, there you go, Vincent. <laughs> bury Virgil. There we go. The acolyte. <laughs> Whichever. So. You must name them all. We're gonna fire Hoke, Hogan. We're gonna fire Holland Nash. I know I can. Uh, you know what? That's what I'll do. We'll 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 bury the outsiders. How about that? Bury the outsiders. There we go. <laughs> we'll bury the outsiders. You know they're they're okay. You know bury the outsiders. We'll we'll push uh, Macho Man and then we'll just fire the rest of the fucking people. I don't give a shit about the rest. All right. So <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna get a lot less subscribers now that I said that, but fuck all of you. <laughs> I don't care what y'all Bang. think. Include the firing the great Muda. Yep. That's the, you ready? Yep. Get it. You do it. Crazy. Masahiro Chono. All these here guys. All right, so my turn. Random Tron 5000 randomizer. You need a hard one. I don't know. I need a hard one. This one's easy. I might, I might, I might roll it again. All right, let's see who it is. Oh, yes! Yeah! Yes, you got the best one! Oh, I got the Spirit Squad. <laughs> oh, you got... I mean, granted, oh. they're not legendary, but damn it, they're fucking funny. I had to put them on you. All right, so we're pushing Nikki. Because <laughs> um, Nikki is Dolph Ziggler. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to fire Mitch. Because Mitch didn't do shit to begin with. Um, he basically just stood outside the damn ring like a jackass. And I'm going to bury Nick. No, no. <laughs> sorry. Nick was Dolph Ziggler. Um, I'm thinking Kenny. Kenny, we're going we're gonna to bury Awesome. So pretty much the only two that actually went on to do anything were, were Dolph, who was Nick, and Kenny, who they attend, eventually paired Kenny up with Victoria for a little bit. But Kenny had a wicked finisher with that um that leg drop off the top rope. He got a lot of air with that. So, but uh, yeah. So that's my answer. <laughs> awesome stuff. Oh man. Okay, so let's get into let's do some trivia. Uh, last week's trivia question was, along with Bam Bam Bigelow, who was the first member recruited to the Million Dollar Corporation. Um, if you answered Nikolai Volkov, go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back because you are correct. Uh, G-Money, go ahead and hit them with this week's trivia question. All right. This week's trivia question is, one of the toughest female wrestlers in WWE was Victoria. What kind of business did she open in 2013? So if you think you know the answer, go ahead and pop it into any um, social media post promoting this week's episode. Or you can go ahead and email us at askrussellgen at gmail.com. Um, go ahead and throw in that subject line, episode 32, trivia question answer. And then, of course, you know, what's your answer in there when you send the email. So there we go. Good luck. And don't cheat. Don't be cheating bastards. So this should be a pretty easy one. So it's actually a really good restaurant that I really want to go to someday. But I don't have any plans of visiting Chicago anytime soon. And there's your hint, Chicago. So <laughs> yeah, the only hint you're getting. So 
All right, so that's going to wrap up the trivia, and we're going to end the show with our Q&A as usual. Um, we actually got two audio questions this week, one from Shayna. So we're going to go ahead and pop that in now. Hey, this is Shayna. What is your favorite table of ladders and chairs match? Well, Shayna don't play around. She's right to the point. She just wants to know what our favorite TLC match was. There's a lot of I don't know that I know an answer. There's so many TLC matches. I'm actually, honestly, I'm going to go with the first TLC match. Um, like, is that really set the bar for everything else? There's not really any, any other TLC match that's really top that one. Didn't Jericho think of TLC? Who thought of TLC? I don't know. But oh, no. Jericho it was, uh, well, yeah, right? Oh, no. Who the fuck Jericho that? created it. Who's the one that uh, that said it though? Was it Bischoff? No, it wasn't Bischoff. There's no way. I don't. I don't remember. Because it actually happened before. Because I know it was with um, like the Edge and Christian stuff. Yeah, it was Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. Because I'm trying to remember who like. Because it, it was someone who was like. GM at the time that like came out and said it. Now it's kind of like what started that whole entire thing with them. The TLC. I, just, I don't remember. I can't remember who the it was. I mean, basically, it's any of those matches. <laughs> Pretty much. So, <laughs> I mean, they did it at one WrestleMania, then they did it at the next WrestleMania. All I remember is that I can't remember which which one it was, but. Um, Devon hanging from the titles and Edge, or uh, not Devon, Jeff Hardy. And that spear. And that spear that Edge hit. Like, they almost went out of the damn ring. Yeah. That's how insane that was. So, but yeah. Sure, Lady remembers those matches. <laughs> she took a lot of bumps in those matches. <laughs> yeah, any, any TLC match was pretty good, but the first one's got to be my favorite. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Then our uh, next question here is from uh, our man. I'm not even gonna call him our man, Rusty. Like I don't know what's wrong with you, Rusty, but uh, we want to pop that question in right now. Hey, Russell Gladden Podcast. This is Rusty. Just got through dancing my ass off at Applebee's, man. I don't know if y'all heard or not, man, but they ain't turned Applebee's into a club at night, man. It's real good. They like getting drunk, eating appetizers, and dancing your ass off. Plus, I like going to Applebee's because there's not that many Hispanics there. It's the easier to dance with all the white women. Uh, anyways, man, but I'm a big uh, Trump supporter. So that means my favorite WrestleManias are four and five because they're that Trump Plaza and Donald Trump is there, man. So, uh... My question for you two is, what's your favorite uh, match or uh, event, man, at uh, WrestleMania 4 and 5? Holler at you guys later, man. Make America great, baby. Woo! All right. Um, I do have to throw in a disclaimer here. The Wrestle Getting Podcast does not support or... Um, reflect the views of some of our callers, or the majority of our callers, actually. 
Um, we definitely don't reflect or support the views of Rusty. But, um, yeah, favorite WrestleMania match from four or five? Um, WrestleMania five for me, Hulk Hogan um, and uh, Randy Savage uh, for the WWE Championship at the time. So that was okay. after the whole build of the Mega Powers and all that fun stuff. So Okay. I need to throw a few things out there. First of all, uh, I have never watched WrestleMania 4 or 5. Let's just get that out of the way. Because I am uh, the younger of the two of us by a big margin. I'm not saying you're old. I'm old. It's like a decade. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's long <laughs> enough. Okay. So, um, you know, I looked at the card and... The first thing I want to say that I notice is why in the fuck does everybody have a manager? Because back every then, match I watch with, 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 Because you're, you're looking at a time frame too where <laughs> I know, but damn you it, you have like the whole Heenan family, you have the Hart Foundation. I know, you know. I'm just saying, damn it. But well, uh, it was like a heyday for managers, and then it just kind of got away from it. Yeah. And then you have guys like freaking. Um, Nakamura, who can barely speak English, who had no manager for a while, then we put Sami Zayn with him. Yeah. So, yeah. Or guys that like, I don't know. It's just weird. They don't utilize managers like they should anymore. But yeah. But um, I'm going to say my answer, even though I probably never watched it, is uh, I'm just going to assume that it was probably pretty good. Would be uh, Ravishing Rick Rude versus Ultimate Warrior because, you know, that mustache, man. Actually, it was a pretty good match. I'm sure it was. Don't think about it. So, yeah. It was definitely better than the Red Rooster taking on Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. (laughs) All right. So, so there's your answers, Rusty. And, um, yeah, racist. (laughs) (laughs) on that note um we're gonna wrap things up here uh this was episode 32 of the wrestling gunner podcast thank you all so much for listening um as always you know follow us at russellgeddon pod on twitter with one d because you know twitter can't handle two d's uh russellgeddon pod on instagram that's russellgeddon with two d's uh facebook.com slash russellgeddon pod Send us any emails at askrussellgen at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you're listening to. And make sure you hit us with that five-star frog splash review on iTunes so we get the, the name out there. And go ahead and give us that good old retweet on Twitter. Spread the word of Russellgen and all that fun stuff. So that's... um. That's pretty much all I got. So we're tapping out this week. So tapping out. Um, superstar theme song of the week. We're going with one of the women superstars. Haven't decided yet. Still kind of kicking it around. Actually, no, we did decide. It is going to be the one and only who I have met personally, Trish Stratus. Yeah. Because, you know, that rock and roll be out of control. 
This time I'm in control. Yeah, that's it. This time I'm in control. (laughs) All right, y'all, we're tapping out. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Episode 33, Russell Gunn Podcast. Look forward to talking to y'all. We will run down, of course, the next uh, profile of our women's superstar for Women's History Month. Results from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, The aftermath of Raw, SmackDown. Or not SmackDown, but um, the aftermath of Raw. Of course, NXT, AEW, NWA. All that fun stuff. We'll talk to you guys next week. We out. Okay, so uh, Arnold wants to know who our favorite European champion was. Um, it's kind of a toss-up between me. Um, I apparently forgot that William Regal debuted, um, joined WWE, WWF around the time before the European Championship was retired, so to say. Um, so it's a toss-up between William Regal, who's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. He's up there in like my top five. Um, and the British Bulldog. It's you, fine. You, you can say British know. Bulldog. I'll say William Regal because that was the first person I said anyway. All right. We can British Bulldog. Like that. British Bulldog's my pick. G Money's is William Regal. Because so, Reg's the man. Regal is the man. Regal Regal's one of the greatest technical wrestlers like that, that's ever came through like WCW, WWE. Like, dude is like legit. Like, and he's a badass, too. And I love him on NXT. Oh, Regal's awesome. He's just so awesome. You know, especially, like, his heel run in, like, um, oh, like 2010-ish, um, around that time frame, uh, when he was paired up with Layla, and he was, like, general manager Regal, and then he won, like, the King of the Ring. So he was, like, 
King general manager Regal. But then he had that wellness policy violation, which kind of derailed any push that he was getting, uh, which I really think could have led to a world title run um, on Raw or SmackDown. So, but he's one of like the legit best wrestlers to never hold the WWE world title or WWE title. Regal's awesome. That he is. So um, that's going to wrap up episode 31 of the Russell Gettin podcast. Thank you all for your continued support, uh, for listening to us every week, for subscribing to the podcast, for downloading the podcast. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at Russell Gettin pod with one D because Twitter can only handle one D. Um, Instagram at Russell Gettin pod with two D's because Instagram can handle two D's kind of like some of my ex-girlfriends. Um, Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pod, And any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, hate mail, you can send hate mail to Garrett's email address. Um, <laughs> or you can send it to I don't give a fuck at gmail.com. Um, but anything else you can send to askrussellgadden at gmail.com. Be more than happy to uh, take some emails, answer some questions, all that fun stuff. No, ah, uh, that that's all I got. You got yeah, yeah, that's that's what we got. And uh, our closing song this week, I thought of what the song should be. All right, the closing song this week is gonna be the Imperium theme song. So what you do, you hear the song, you stand on your feet, you put your hand over your heart, and you think about Adida Volta. And that's how it goes. All right. On that note, we are tapping out. We'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week for episode 32. Enjoy the sweet, sweet sounds of the Imperium theme music. Later, Marks. <laughs>